<laughs> they worry me sometimes. But uh, the Lord sure does watch after us, doesn't He? If you would tonight, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, it is not puffed up. Doeth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth hope, a faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Pray with me, please. Father, when we think about the love of Christ, we just can't fathom it. And yet we know you love us with all our hearts. And I thank you for it. Thank you for watching over us, protecting us, keeping us, and loving us always. Bless us tonight, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. I got to thinking about little things that has made impacts on my life down through the years. And I was cleaning. I had a John Deere track. I mean, a Caterpillar tractor cleaning up. Those are cleaning off 65 acres of land out there by Mrs. Taylor's place one time. I was pushing up the dirt and weeds and things, and a bunch of little rabbits run out. And I never will forget it. I caught one about that long, little bitty baby rabbit. And all day long I carried him in my shirt pocket. That little bitty rabbit, and he weren't big as anything. I carried him, I raised him, we, we fed him, you know, and we had a green carpet in our house at the time. It was that kind of, had the shag carpet, and that little rabbit would try to eat that carpet like grass. And we, the, the kids, just and myself and my wife, just fell in love with that little rabbit and the impact that that thing had on my life. I'll never forget it because it was just something about that little... A small cottontail rabbit that almost killed 
and keep him for a long time. But, but I just think about things like that all the time. Sometimes it might be just a small uh, breeze or touch uh, that somebody does for us. Uh, someone did something for me the other day, and I just thank the Lord for it because it encouraged me. I was talking about Ronnie Booth the other night, and he said, I can't believe that on my birthday, which he just had, his, uh, I believe it was his 70th birthday. No, he got to be older than that. he got to be 105. Anyway, I, I, I forgot his age exactly, but uh, anyhow, his birthday, uh, little Ronnie Jr., and I'm not supposed to call him Junior, I'm supposed to call him Ronnie the Second. Uh, put it on his YouTube, it was his birthday, and over 5,000 people wrote, called in and wished him a happy birthday. And he said, Preacher, uh, I can't get over that, that that many people would remember the Rebels Quartet that he sung in and him back then. He said, you know, every once in a while we need something like that. We need a shot in the arm just to... Uh, a kind word from somebody, a remembrance. And uh, when I think of that, I think about the love of Christ. Uh, uh, John 3.16 is an astonishing verse for me for this reason. For God so loved. Think about that. Those three little or four little words, for God so loved. Uh, my English teacher, Ms. Yeager, said it makes all the difference in the world where you emphasize a word in a sentence. It changes a sentence. And uh, I, I, I don't know how many times I've preached on John 3.16 or even thought about John 3.16. And at night, especially laying, uh, quoting John 3.16, but I was looking at this this afternoon, for God so loved. Isn't that something? God so loved. I don't think there's another like that in the world, but at the same time, I desire to understand this verse and understand the soul love that God did in John 3.16. Turn with me to Ephesians for just a minute. The book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 3. I'm going to begin to read in verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I read those verses and Paul said that you may comprehend. Comprehend what? The love of Christ. The love of the majesty on high. The love of God whose symbol of love is the cross. If you think of the cross, you can't think about one thing. That's how much God loves you. Now the question comes back, what do I know of Calvary's love? And I went down to just writing some things down. And I know this. If I have not compassion on others, as my Lord had pity on me, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I belittle those whom I am called to serve and talk of their weak points in contrast with what I think of as my strong points, 
if I adopt a superior attitude forgetting what Christ did for me, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive, why doest thou glory as if thou hadst uh, not received it? The best, we best remember, I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen? Now, uh, if I can discuss lightly the shortcomings and the sins of any, if I can speak in a carnal way even of a child's misdoings, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I can write an unkind letter, speak an unkind word, think an unkind thought without grief and shame, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If in dealing with one who does not respond and I weary of the strain and slip from the burden, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. After all, Jesus bore all our burdens. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Again, if I refuse to allow the law of God, which is the way of transgressions, is hard to take effect because of the distress it causes me to see that the law in operation that I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I confess and repent and forsake sin against another and allow my remembrance of that sin to color my thinking and feed my suspicions, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I can hurt another by speaking faithfully without much preparation of spirit and without hurting myself for more than I hurt than others, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I'm afraid to speak the truth, even in correction, afraid of losing affection or my reputation for kindness, if I put my own good name before someone else's good, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I contend to heal a hurt slightly by quoting Ezekiel 13, verse 10, peace, peace, where is no peace. If I get Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. If we speak lies and smooth uh, to smooth over things, then we know nothing of Calvary's love. If I hold on to my choices of any kind, just because they're my choices, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I ask to be delivered from truth rather than for deliverance out of it, the praise of His glory. If I get the way of the cross leads to the, to the cross, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I am soft and slide comfortably into the voice of self-pity and self-sympathy, if I do not, by the grace of God, practice what I preach, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If a sudden madness can cause me to speak an unloving word, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. James chapter 3 speaks of the tongue getting control of it. If I say, yes, I forgive, but I cannot forget, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. Psalms 103 verse 12. As for the east is from the west, so have I removed thy, our transgressions from us. And then, if monotony tries me, and I cannot stand drudgery, if stupid people fret me and rattles my chain, 
that I know nothing of God's love. If there be any reserve in my going to Him who gave all His all for me, if there be a secret but in my prayer that I know nothing of Calvary's love, if I refuse to be a corn of wheat that falls to the ground and dies, dies to self, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. Turn with me to John just a minute, please. Just back up to John uh, chapter 4, or chapter 12, I'm sorry. John chapter 12. And I want to read just uh, beginning in verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. That's what I'm talking about here. And if, if I, again, if the ultimate, the hardest cannot be asked of me, if my fellow labor in Christ hesitates to ask it, it of me and turns to someone else to ask it, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. If I covet any place on earth but the dust at the foot of the cross of Calvary, then I know nothing of Calvary's love. What I'm saying is, when I read John 3.16 and I say, For God so loved the world, I want to understand that so. I want to understand just how much He does love me. And I think about this a great deal, uh, being at the age I am now and, and being blessed all these years and having good health right on and still being able to do what I want to do and walk and talk. And it's amazing to me when I see some people that's my age and not able to do things that, that I'm being able to do. And, and I have to turn around and say, thank you, Lord, for watching over me all these years and giving me the strength and energy and taking care of me and I don't want to take that for granted I want to thank God every day of my life and understand how much he really loves me you think about that just for a minute as I was saying about that little rabbit that I found that day one day I reached down in that grass I could have run over him that big old tractor and a mashed him flat but I saw him and reached down in that little bunch of grass and kept him and put him in my hand I think sometimes that God does that for me he reaches down and just takes me and moves me around where he wants me to keep me from getting hurt where I don't have to be hurt and blesses me where he wants me blessed. And I really believe that, that God protects me and watches over and keeps me. And I want to know that sweet love of the Lord. Now turn over to Ephesians chapter 3 again with me, please. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory, to in the church by Jesus Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now, oh, that I might know Calvary's love. 
And I ask the Lord all the time, Lord, I love you the best I can, but teach me to love you more. I want to learn how to love Him more as He loves me more every day and care for people every day. That's, I don't think that's just an automatic thing. That's something you've got to learn how to do. You've got to learn how to take people for what they are. I was sitting watching all my little kids last night, my little great-grandkids. I mean, that's... How many generations down? I don't know, but a bunch of them. And they'd they'd run around on the rug, and I was looking at the different personalities of each one of them. Every one of them's different. And if you're not careful, you like this one over that one. And uh, I love some of the little things that they say, the little things that they do. I don't want to forget that. I want to keep those kind of things in my mind that I can remember them for what they are. And I like one little one of my little grand boys. Uh, get your stuff together now. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Get your stuff together. Go. We got to go home. I don't want to go home. I'm gonna stay and be my papa. Don't say it. <laughs> and I mean, he'll pitch a fit if they say, "Get your stuff together. We got to go." <laughs> he don't want to go. And he'll go hide in the corner, hide from him, because he wants to stay. He's having a good time. I love that. And I want to be able to look at each individual and thank God for that individual for what God made them. Amen? Not change them for what I want them and not to try to get them to do what I want to do. But I want to to enjoy the difference in them and love them for what they are. I believe that's the love of God. Just the beginning of it. And if I could just only love, learn how to do that every day, not just once in a while, because if you're not careful, you can lose your temper, you can lose your kindness, you can lose your love, and not show it to people. And if there's one thing I want to do for the rest of my life, I want to show my love for people. Amen? I really do, because it'll return to you. I like what one young girl come in my office one time and I never will forget it. She She's very sad. Always sad. And I said to her, I, you know what? You need some friends. She said, I don't have any friends. And I said, I know, but you need some. And she said, well, how do you get friends? The Bible says to show yourself friendly and that you'll get, you'll learn, you'll get friends. But I said, let me give you something else. You reap what you sow. That's the truth. That's the Word of God. You reap what you sow. If you know somebody, you don't have to be angry with them. If you do, you're going to reap that anger right back to you. Uh, you can say a kind word, and the Bible says that, that kindness will come right back to you. You reap what you sow. And it's so much easier, I found out, just to be kind and loving to one another. And how do you do that? You can only do it in one way. I don't care what they are and who they are. You can only do it by one way. Remember how much Jesus loves you. Once you realize that and realize what you are and where you came from and how much God saved you out of, you can love anybody and you can you can cultivate, if I can use that word for a minute, cultivate that love within you. And I need it. And I believe everybody needs it, especially in these trying days that we're going through. There's so many people out there just angry. Just angry. Everything. You can't even, uh, if you're not careful, you know, just say the wrong word to somebody and they just want to fight. 
But I've learned something. I learned to be pitiful. <laughs> I go in the grocery store and I look lost, you know, and I'm picking up stuff and looking at it. And, and I've had two or three times lately, I've had the best thing. I, I went in the store the other day and I saw this package of it's meatballs and pasta in a package. And I was standing there looking at it and I said, man, that looks good. But I don't know how to prepare that stuff. And this lady walked up behind me and she got one out of the counter. I said, uh, ma'am, how do you cook that? And she spent five minutes telling me how to cook that thing in the store. And she didn't know how to do that. But I enjoyed every minute of it. And then yesterday, I think it was, I went in the store and I was looking at uh, something. And this lady come over to me and she told me, now you don't do that because that cost you too much money. You do this. It was a can of green beans. I'll never forget it. And I, she, they got three different kinds of green beans there in a can. And one of them cost more than the other. She said, now you don't spend all that money on those that don't have any salt in it. You don't get that kind. You get the kind of, I mean, with the salt in it. You get the kind without the salt. And you take a little bit of salt and put it in the bean. You save you a bunch of money. She spent five minutes on a can of beans. And I walked away and I said, old lady, keep yourself, opinions to yourself. No, I didn't. I went home and I said, you know, that was nice of her to take up that time. I didn't ask her to do it. She just come by being kind to a little old man. <laughs> and I had the best time. I enjoy those kind of things. Amen? I really do. Uh, me and my wife was going to the lake one day not too long ago, and there was a young man on a motorcycle, and he was sitting on the seat beside the road on that motor, just sitting there and looked like a lost bird or something, you know. I pulled over, and I said, son, you out of gas? He said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, I left my phone at home. I said, you're in luck. Today, I got a can of gas in the back of my car. <laughs> and I did that. I stopped a minute, got out, gave him a can of gave him gas, and he went happily on his way. It don't hurt to be kind to people, you know. And God says to show that love. That's what I want to live for. Amen. Father, thank you for letting us be together tonight for just a little while to rejoice in the love of the Lord. And you sure give us love these last two or three days, much from our families and friends. And we thank you for it. And that reflects us back to Calvary, how much you loved us. Bless your people tonight, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming tonight.